Welcome to the Sales Experience Podcast, where we interview the sales leaders in each industry. Now, here's your host, Joshua Nutt. Welcome to the Sales Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Nutt. I'm here today with Timothy Schott, and uh, we are actually going to be talking about my sales journey and uh, how I got into sales and all the adventures that I've had throughout it, all the tactics and stuff that I've learned to help become a better sales individual or sales pro out in the field. Uh, Timmy has some form of sales experience, but today we're kind of going to just talk about myself since this is the first episode of the Sales Experience Podcast. We wanted to give you all some insight into who I am and the reason that I am hosting this and why we're going to be talking to so many different people uh, from the industry. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. So first off, just tell me how you got introduced into sales. Yeah, so for me, I I think like the biggest thing was that it, it somehow started at like a younger age. So I played uh, Call of Duty like growing up. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I tried to play at a competitive level and get experience like experience in the industry by being able to travel to events and everything like that. And my parents, of course, were not going to pay for that. So it was 2012 and I was 16 years old and I thought, well, if my parents aren't going to help me pay for it, then the only way that I'm going to be able to do it is if I try and find like sponsors or people that will like pay me to be able to go out and like handle or and, and then handle my business plan. So I started emailing thousands. That's pretty young Call of Duty, right? Right. Yeah, that's like the early, early times. Like even professional players then didn't have salaries. Like right. they weren't getting paid to play. And um, so it was super early in in time with that. And so once I started reaching out to these sponsors, I accumulated like seven or eight sponsors that were typically paying like total monthly was like right around like $1,200. And at 16, my parents wanted me to work. I was not fucking about working. Nah. <laughs> was not about working. And so I thought that that was going to be the path that I was going to go. Of course, I had been doing like YouTube and stuff since I was like 13 and like doing like sniper montages and yeah. random shit. But, um, but so that was like my introduction into sales. I created a sales or like a, a proposal for mm, okay. my team, for myself, letting these businesses know like this is what we bring to the table. This is who we are, everything like that. And then I would even have to talk to these businesses over the phone. We were able to acquire some energy drink companies. Some um, We basically, our niche was like caffeinated products. So we just went after all these caffeinated brand companies and we had fucking caffeinated chapstick. So that's how <laughs> yeah. you know when you're when you're making it to a like the end of the line of caffeinated products. So Yeah. But we we acquired as many uh, as many as we possibly could, took in as much money as we possibly could and then I started traveling um and and with that I would say that was my first introduction into like the sales part of things cuz you do have to sell yourself even though you're doing these proposals and Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like but you're putting in the work. It's like the same thing if you're prospecting out in the field today with your job or anything like that. You're having to put in that time and effort to go after these clients to be able to acquire them. All right. So, so, I mean, did you have any failures at the beginning, like like getting proposal or doing proposals? Oh yeah, or? for sure. So like I really learned early on that like some of the stuff that I was delivering to sponsors, like at first my, I think my email proposal was just typed out. 
like in an email. And then I would type out when the date of the event was, how much money we were looking for, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to a sponsor and they gave me a really good insight. They actually sent me a packet that someone else was using. And so I started taking that packet and implemented all of my team's information in there, my personal information, all that stuff, so that we could explain what we were wanting in a better manner. So okay. for us, it was like, this is... And this is just mailing you, right? Yeah, it was only me. 16, my dad didn't help. My dad had no experience like no in it. Nothing, no right? no okay. one that was helping. So for me, I was like literally sending out. And my biggest one that I wanted to get for a caffeine product was a, like an energy drink sponsor. And so I emailed at least like 400 energy drink companies. Like I Dang. looked up on Wikipedia um, like energy drink companies, and it literally pulled up an entire list of energy drink. I didn't even know there was that many. Yeah, Duff companies. Beer Energy Drink was one. Uh, yeah. yeah, so like the Simpsons had an energy drink. So I'd reached, I reached out to so many companies, and for me it was like, one, it's getting your like foot into like the the marketplace, I guess, kind of. And then I got a good deal with a energy drink company. It was like Mad Croc Energy. I don't even know if they're around anymore, but they sponsored uh, like next or what was like, you know how NASCAR has like NASCAR and then there's the one, yeah. one below <clears throat> it. They sponsored a race car on there. And so I was like, you know, I reached out to them. They said that they would sponsor it was us. called Mad, Mad, Mad Croc? Croc Energy. And they sent me like 200 packs of gum for one event. They had energy gum and they sent me 200 packs. And so, yeah, that was like my first introduction and in, into sales I was like really reaching out to these cus customers. I can still remember today being 16 years old, 10 years ago. And since I'm 26 now, That's a long time. 10 years ago, I can remember being on the bus, getting the phone call of my biggest deal I got, which was with a, like a controller company that did grips on the controllers right, yeah. and their contract was like $600 every month or something. <laughs> and I can remember it. Like it was like a big, big moment. I was like, this here alone pays for me to be able to go to this tournament, pays for my team passes. And that, and that started something. So, I mean, of course it was a big moment for you. Yeah, it was huge, and it definitely got me pushed in the right direction. And in college, uh, like, we played intramural sports. So we've known each other for since we were 14, so 12 yeah. years now. Right. So for us, it was like he's been with me, I guess, through it all. He's kind of seen every side of the sales and mm -hmm. everything like that. So that's that's why he's here doing the interview with us today. And at the, the time, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I come from a little bit different background. At the time, I didn't know what was going on, and. I mean, I had no clue. So this is what really got me into sales for me. Next. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, we went to college and we were playing intramural basketball. And I was like, I'm pretty positive I could probably get us sponsors to yeah, play it was, it was intramural basketball or intramural sports. So we reached out to two companies, a company called Piranha X, which was like a hair product company. Yeah. And their yeah. products were fire. <laughs> they had this fucking conditioner that tingled the hell out of your head. It was like I really dumb. didn't use it, but I mean, I don't use products in my hair. So Right. Yeah, well, we but, used it. it was yeah, great. I know you definitely use products in your hair. So. Yeah. And then we had uh, Liquid Ice Energy, which was probably our main sponsor. Like we would for set sure. up tents for them at uh, football games. We yep. had we were receiving product from them every single month, promoting them as much as we could. Yep. And that was like our first introduction. That was another introduction for myself. Like brand ambassadors weren't like 
I guess, super huge back then, but that's like what we were in college. We were brand ambassadors for Liquid Ice. We took pictures, posted on Instagram of their products. We posted on other social medias and promoted it at games, at any of our intramural games. So, And we kind of like put a little target on our back too because – we have fucking sponsors on our jersey. And, and we had jerseys. So, like, intramurals, like, no one had jerseys. They just had the college, like, normal basic jerseys. We had actual jerseys and shorts, and everybody tried to master shoes. So, having sponsors on our jerseys is just wild. And, like, no one knew what was going on, and yeah. it was just amazing. So, you would just have people that were would try a lot. It seemed to be that they would try a little bit harder if they were yeah. playing against us, just because. Yeah, we are. We were sponsored athletes and in college playing sports that and were this against. This is like 2014, so it's a little bit like younger back then. Like, right? I'm sure there's plenty of people that had sponsors yeah, in the past, sure. but like yeah. we just were a bunch like YouTube of YouTube is kind of new then like right yeah and, and like Twitch is new obviously and like now you could probably get sponsors pretty like we could probably get sponsors pretty quick if we were in college like yeah, with a 100k sure. YouTube channel or anything like yeah. you could definitely get sponsors pretty fast so that is what grew you into sales does your family have any background in sales or so not really like my dad I would say could be like a good salesperson but he's never really but he's never done sales in that sense my mom doesn't do sales um yeah. she's a trainer and stuff like that yeah. so for what about chris though your stepdad i mean no, I, I can kind of see him maybe doing sales. yeah he could probably do it but i think like the shyness his shyness would probably stray him away a little mm-hmm. bit but he does have like a really good perspective when it comes to business so i think he could if it's like a serious type of sale he could probably do pretty good at it but you know whenever it comes to like standardized sales that we that i do or uh, a lot of people in my industry do it's a little bit different of a ball game there's a lot of no's so yeah so you a lot of so you really just got into it because you wanted to or right, you had yeah, to basically yeah. it was just like a path that chose me so it was like really weird like going into college i didn't know what i was wanting to do with myself and so for me like the only only thing that made sense was business marketing. So I went to college for two years. Yeah. And of course, while we were there, um, I ended up having a kid. So I left college, but I felt as if that college really wasn't, and I'm sure that's like another topic we could have in the future. It's like college to me is just something that's not important nowadays. Yeah. No, I mean, unless, unless you're like being a doctor or a lawyer. Right, or, unless you're going into a specific practice, yeah. it is not important. Not be, business, I don't think. Right. Unless, unless a company's like truly requiring you to have a bachelor's degree. But then again, like experience typically outweighs a yeah, bachelor's degree. A lot degree. of companies like, you know, bachelor's degree or three years experience. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, for us, it's like, you know, leaving there, leaving college was probably like the biggest thing that ended up changing my life. Because from there, I automatically, when I left college, I got a sales job, first true sales job, right? So my first true sales job, I was working under an umbrella company called Sitcore. And they had a door to door energy sales company called Star Energy Partners back then. And they were and all we did was door-to-door energy you just sales. found them off of indeed or like uh yeah that, i think happen? so it's like indeed snag a job something like that and so once you know i reached out and the interview process was really odd i would say so 
And I figured out that I had a different interview than other people. And I think that that was a good thing that swayed me into the direction of working with them. So other people would go, you would have your interview at like Starbucks. So we would like yeah. take you to Starbucks, just talk to you about the position, make it more casual. Except for my interview, they made it a little bit more formal because we were in a f- damn conference room. And they had me sent across from one of the team leads back then. And she was, you know, walking me through everything. And that really pushed me into the direction of stepping into sales. So starting out, like, you know, you're in high school and you're actually getting to sales. And like, but you really, do you really know what you're getting no. into at the time? Or? No. no. And then whenever I, you know, and the same thing, like getting out of college at 19 and going into it, I didn't know exactly what I was stepping but into. But you had a kid, so you had to do something. Right. So. I had to do something. And I knew that I had like this um innate ability to talk to people like i could i'm shy in the sense like i won't walk up to a random stranger and just talk to you unless i was forced and and i'm a complete opposite i will walk up to a random stranger and talk to somebody right but me knowing you like you will definitely just go into a business and just talk to anybody but in public i'll just go out and just talk to anybody right see and i can't do that like it's not fun to me like go to same thing we've talked about it like it's not fun for me to go to a bar and try and make friends like who the fuck cares like i just don't care i don't so for me it's like if i i can walk into a business and talk to somebody there because there's a mission as soon as i walk into that building like there's already a goal that i have as soon as i walk in there i'm not going in there to make a friend even though like it could create a long-term relationship whenever i walk into a business but my true goal is to, you know, fucking sell that person. Yeah, like, for sure. So that was the thing is doing door-to-door energy sales really gave me a good base for what I was trying to learn. And I feel like that Sitcore umbrella, their whole idea and perspective of how to start young. I've came across so many individuals um, from 18 to 22 that have ran their own office or have started a sales team, um, stuff like that, because you get introduced to it at such a young age. So like that's where all these principles and everything that you see on the wall, that's where it came into play. So I learned these right off the bat. As soon as I went into sales, it was like the first thing that we were taught. You were taught, taught, the five factors of impulse, which for me are are the biggest things in sales. And if you don't know the five factors of impulse, you've probably been taught them in some type of way. You've probably just never paid attention to it or you know them. Like there's do's and don'ts, like kiss the customer, keep it simple, stupid. You know, those were types of things that we learned. But these five factors of impulse on the wall here is something that truly will change your life in sales if you do not know it. And that is the whole reason of this podcast. And the reason that we're doing this podcast is because we are here to help sales individuals um, or sales professionals actually even get better in inside their craft. And uh, it allows you to to see what leaders in the industry are doing. And they're going to tell you your, their tips, their strategies, and everything that, that comes with um, with the podcast. And if you want to learn more sales, this is truly going to be the podcast for you. We're going to have uh, sales professionals from every single industry out there, whether it's freaking logistics, retail, door-to-door, business-to-business. It doesn't matter what type of job out there. If you're interested in, in being on the podcast and talking about your your stuff, this is going to be the place for you. And we can travel to you. You don't have to be in our in our area. Uh, we can actually take our all of our stuff wherever we need to go. But we have the five factors of impulse are truly the biggest things in my mind. Um, you have 
greed. So the way that this comes off is is greed is seen in a different light um, mm-hmm. when when it comes to this. You have to have like a mental mindset that what you're going after is always what what you want to get. So you have to be greedy in the fact that you're always pursuing a close. Yeah. So um, number two, like indifference. This is always the big. I feel like that's one of the biggest ones. Do you think it's the hardest one? Is it difference? Uh, no. I feel like you can really learn it pretty quick as long as you pay attention. Well, I so, guess it depends on what field you're in, correct? Right. Yeah. So indifference through indifference through tonality is yeah. something that can be positive both for phone people that are over the phone but also in person whereas for me i have a whole nother avenue i have my body that i can use as well so i can act indifferent like i'm always shrugging my shoulders i feel like like oh really like i don't care is basically how i feel like i'm shrugging my shoulders like i'm not too sure it's you know but it's the same thing like if someone comes to me with a question i know the exact answer or they say oh we've had you know 157 people come in here before that have said the same thing Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I'm just out here. Uh, you know, we do something a little bit different. You know, we have this process, and there's different pitches that you can throw around, and it's the same thing. Is one pitch is not going to be perfect every single fucking time, and I've explained it to so many people. And there's salespeople out there that will tell you their pitch can close, you know, ninety percent of the time. And if that's the fucking case, I need you to come on the podcast because <laughs> yeah. so we can talk. I'm sure there are maybe like I guess different like fields or whatever that can close yeah i don't know about a high percentage right 90 percent is pretty high right so So, but for me like i'm in energy sales so still in energy sales i'm a broker today uh will direct energy sales sales consultant today um and basically you know whenever i go to a customer every single customer has a different issue either they've seen somebody no one's been out to see them in a long time they're fucking uh they don't care or they've seen it all so or yeah they fucking they had fucking jimmy neutron walk in there he was walking <laughs> his dog and everything and but no they just don't uh some people are are just not uh gonna be responsive and there's different ways that you have to go about it and we'll get into that in a little bit but just go back to these factors of impulse they're super big whenever it comes down to it fear of loss is basically telling the customer like you don't want to lose out today the market can go up and that's very true in the energy industry in the past month we've had the prices have gone up substantially uh any field kind of i mean ours is a little different but i would say in some some our field is a lot easier for fear of loss in any field so it like right, like you have fucking a dollar, or you, you no. can save $2 today. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, fear of loss is a big one. Jones effect is probably the number one thing. Um, and, I, and I would say that 1,000% of the time. Um, if you, especially in my industry in energy sales, if you're door-to-door or if you're business-to-business and you are trying to capture a customer, if you let them know that their next-door neighbor has you and you've been taking care of their account, it brings a lot of value to the table. If they know their next door neighbor's name, it brings a lot or of value to down the, the table. Street or whatever. Or right. You can bring anybody to the table. It doesn't yeah. matter. And it's the same thing. Even if you don't sign up that customer, you can still bring in the Jones effect. Well, we just got done talking to Nancy next door and she was she was a doll. She was super nice to talk to. You know, that's the yeah. reason that I stopped over here with you today is because I know I can help you out the same way we could help Nancy. So I'm not saying that we helped Nancy. I'm saying we could help Nancy. So I'm not. I didn't help Nancy. <laughs> Nancy wasn't helped, right? We didn't. We didn't sign up Nancy, but we could help Nancy. Except she didn't, you know. But I'm not telling them that. 
you know, I can help you the same that the same way that we could help Nancy, yeah. and uh, we can go ahead and get that taken care of for you today. So, using that Jones effect, knowing the people next door, same thing in the business. You know, you can use the same business name or the people that you have talked to previously, and then sense of urgency. So, like, uh, of course, it's like. Would you put this number two? Um, I don't know. Indifference is big to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's really just. Like whatever field you're in, I think. Right. Yeah, I think that so, it would definitely change. I think Jones effect can can be one or two, um, but I think it, it's best at one. And then sense of urgency, like it needed to be done today. Like one fear of loss and sense of urgency kind of tie together. Mm-hmm. Like we need to get this done today and go ahead and get it squared away. Tie in fear of loss because this could go away for you tomorrow. Pricing could change, and I don't want that to happen. So, and then the biggest thing is persistence and i think it is the biggest in every single fucking field if you are going after a customer you have to be persistent especially if it's not like a one-stop close and you're going into that business you're offering them a proposal you give them the proposal guess what you have to do you have to be persistent and go back to that customer and talk to them again and again if they don't Mm -hmm. listen to you guess what i'm going to do i'm going to go back to you again next week and i'm going to let you know hey listen the market's pricing is already starting to rise and currently that means that your pricing is going to rise as well so what we can do is we can go ahead and get you back into the position that you were in previously and lock you in at a fixed rate for a guaranteed price for an extended period depending of time. on what field you're in so but any field really persistence is key, key. so key, it doesn't key, key. matter like i do you know you know people call me for sales and like i sell them over the phone but still having persistence of what i'm actually talking right. about is actually very very key of knowing what i'm exactly talking about true so. and so like for me so of course these were the things that i've learned success is a big thing too it's not an accident or a chance it is something that you basically build if you are putting in the work, the time, the effort, then you can be successful as long as you set yourself up in the right position. If you are with a company where the max salary you can make is $45,000 because you have limited yourself to a, that set company, I can't really feel bad for you because you kind of did it to yourself. So at 19 years old, we're back to it, you know, back on track. So um, 19 years old, working door-to-door sales for energy, the way that it would work is each contract that you would sign, you would get 50 bucks. So if you signed up a customer for electricity, you get $50. If you signed up a customer for gas, you would get $50. Which is pretty deep. Back then, we only had electric. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you were having to do – you weren't finishing your week with six sales. Not for our company that we worked with. So you weren't finishing the week with six sales, right? Like you were finishing the week with – what we I consider six sales. What meaning, about the day though? Meaning that at the house you get electricity and gas. That's that counts as two sales in in most industries. Mm-hmm. But in ours, it was only one sale, and you're still go to three a day. Okay. Three a day would ring bell. So I mean, at nineteen year nineteen nineteen years old, hundred fifty bucks a day. I mean, that's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's kind of bad, but at 19 years old, I mean, right? You were looking no... at you were basically looking at 600 750 dollars a week. Yeah. Um, that was like your goal, and so the reason that I think that the Sidcore umbrella teaching young entrepreneurs or young salespeople is the best way to be introduced into sales. If you have no expenses, no kids, anything like that, go into it, and I highly recommend it because you're getting introduced to so much stuff. You have people all 
around you that are all very, very motivated people. They're yeah. people that want to be successful. They strive for greatness. Um, there was a lot of people that has high turnover for some of their companies, but you know, they're, they offer like a good opportunity to learn. And because you would go into the office in the morning and you'd practice with your team, you'd practice the things that you're going to say out in the field. You'd go over all the rebuttals yeah. every single <clears throat> fucking day. We were in there at eight a or nine a.m. or hold on eight a.m. and then would have to be out in the field by nine thirty. So every single day you were in there at eight a. And I lived, the, it was in blue. It was here in Blue Ash, and I lived in Florence. So yeah, that, yeah. I mean, so it was a 45, 50 minute drive every single day. So I was waking up at 7 a.m. We had a fucking brand new baby. Brand new. Brand new. Th like three or four months old, Audrey was at that time. So, yeah, so we had a brand new baby, and then I was literally being gone over 12 hours, 14 hours a day almost. Yeah, especially I was, on the way home with traffic right. and everything. Well, no, without, there wasn't no traffic. There wasn't at, what did you get off, 6.30? 7. Mm. So we would go in at 7, so 7 to 7. Yeah, so gotcha. 12 hours so and it didn't feel like 12 hours because what it was like is if i get go in or leave my house at seven i get there at eight we go over all of our practice stuff i'm in at 9 30 go out into the field you pitch for three hours you go to lunch you go back out to the field and you pitch for another six six hours you drive back to the office so you're out in the field till six. You drive back to the office. You do daily wrap up. So the wrap up would be everybody would stand in a circle. You're talking to one another. Everybody has still like the good That's vibes. Some dedication. Yeah, everybody has the good vibes, and then they go through and they you would ring bell. So you would go pick up this bell and ring that bitch if you hit the goal for the day, which was three. So and if you did that, you go ring the bell, and that gives you and it would bring like positivity to you. So yeah. for me, it was the best entry because within a a month, I think I made it to team lead. So you had to average fifteen sales a week for four or for four to six weeks. Um, they did have like a full week of training at the beginning. So in four weeks including my training so so three so, weeks of in the field i was able to become a team lead okay so what strategies and like traits did you use out in the field to like right so i can actually yourself? still give you like the full pitch that we <clears throat> used back then and it's very similar to the pitch that people use today um we were one of the first like true uh green renewable energy companies out in the field back then and uh so that was our pitch is we let the customer know, hey, my name's Josh. I'm here with Star Energy Partners in regards to the utility account here. Well, in regards to the Duke Energy account. Uh, I'm just here to make sure that your home qualifies for the new renewable energy program and in the Duke area. And just like any utility you have in whatever city that you're in. Right. Your utility company for your electricity and natural gas. Right. So, so it's like... Hi, my name is Joshua Nutt. I'm here with Star Energy Partners in regards to the Duke Energy account. My job is to make sure your home qualifies for the new renewable energy program in the area. All I need to see is an updated copy of your utility bill, and I will get that taken care of for you. And then so, and then you turn away. So it's like a big thing. There's like so many strategies to it. So like, yeah, for sure. The first thing is, is I'm not walking up to a door and. Hi, my name is Joshua Nutt. I'm here with Star Energy yeah. Partners, right? I mean, I, you can compliment on the, like, you know, the flowers they might have out here. Right, you're going, like you're that. going through it. It's like, so I'd go to the door, like, hey, how are you doing? It's, it's a pretty nice day out here today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a great day. I, I like the car in the driveway. How long have you had that for? 
Oh, really? Yeah, I got to give me something like that. That looks pretty nice. Well, I, I'm sorry to bug you, but uh, my name is Joshua Nutt. I'm here with Star Energy Partners in regards to the Duke Energy account here. Uh, I'm just here to make sure that your home qualifies for the new renewable energy program in the area. I'm talking to the customer with my fucking eyes, right? Like I raise my eyes whenever I'm talking to the customer. Yeah. I'm making them feel like this is important. So uh, to make sure your home qualifies for the new renewable energy program in the area, all I need to see is an updated copy of your Duke Energy bill, and we can make sure your home qualifies. Grab that for me, and I'll wait right here you look away you're looking at your ipad your tablet whatever you got and then if they're and then they come back with a with a rebuttal or whatever right so if they come back with a rebuttal it's all pretty simple um you can get over any objection so what exactly trait was like you give anybody else that's trying to learn about sales this any feel what trait would you give these right so for me like i think the biggest thing that you can do is persistence we already talked about it right so persistence is like a big thing that you're gonna have to have it's a trait mm -hmm. that you need to have it's necessary inside this industry because whenever you're coming into it you have to be able to you know would you say push the envelope yeah you have to push it with the customer you have to talk to them or get past like the first initial objections and so, like, I have experience in, in multiple different fields, right? Mm -hmm. So I have door-to-door -door energy sales, business-to-business -business energy sales, direct TV inside Costco, retail sales, and um, more door-to-door -door energy sales. And I guess what? I guess retail sales. Yeah, I guess that that's truly it. So, yeah, door-to-door yeah, -door energy sales has definitely been my bread and butter um, for a long time. And then... Yeah, and so like same thing. Like if you're working at DirecTV or working for DirecTV, and we worked inside like Costco, right? So the first thing is you have to be a person that can come out of your shell. You have to be able to talk to people. If you cannot talk to people and go up to people inside of a store, you are not going to be successful in that industry. So don't do that job if you cannot go out and talk to people. And that's a little bit of a whole introduction. Like you're trying to relate to a customer like, oh, what are you coming in here for today? Right. Or, hey, can I that's just... That's a little bit easier than door to door. Too. Right. Well, because they're coming into the store and yeah. they're coming to you basically. So like me going to a customer inside like Costco, it was like, hey, or, you know, hey, I have a question for you. And a lot of the times people are always going to respond to a question right. because it's a question. <laughs> so um, it's like, hey, I have a question for you. Uh, who do you typically ha or who do you currently have as your uh, cable provider at your home? And they would tell you and it's like, oh, great. You know, I just wanted to let you know that we're offering a special promotion for any of our Costco members inside this area. Uh, that if you sign up with DirecTV today, we can go ahead and offer you a discount, a special pack or a special promotion on our packages. So like with that, I mean, it's random, right? Like I'm yeah. not like I haven't done that or said that to a customer in fucking and you're 10 like, years. Costco is pretty nice and most people have to right. pay. And it's the same thing. Anyways. You may, you're making the customer feel like the membership that they paid for mm -hmm. is bringing them this additional service. We have no fucking connection with Costco. <laughs> right. We have no additional package that was connected with Costco or you being a member, you didn't get a special discount. We just, or I could use that in a pitch because it allows me to relate to the customer. Like, hey, with you being a member here at Costco. And they're still pushing the envelope. Or what pushing the envelope. It's persistence. Yeah. You're you're letting the customer know like uh, you, ha and you have to stay on top of it. 
or they say, oh, we have a spectrum. Well, that's great. You know, I, I actually used to have spectrum myself, but you know, we actually, I ended up switching over to DirecTV myself because we have these special promotions that were going on that saves you more on your cable bill. It's going to allow you to actually receive more channels, more yada, yada, right? I don't have fucking Let me DirecTV. Tell you, if you don't think you can do sales, uh, my name is Timmy. I grew up in the ghetto and I'm in sales. I'm doing okay. So for anybody out there like me, I think you're. I think you can do it. Yeah, sure. and you can do it, and you can truly mold yourself into like a different person too, right? So like sales, you don't have to be your typical self. Like you don't have to be super goofy or like hood or anything like right. that. You can go out there and put on a disguise, right? Sales I mean, allows you to put on a disguise. I could tell. So listen, I've been told many times that I look like I'm not even 21 years old, right? I'm, mm-hmm. We're 26. I and mean, look at me. I look like I'm right. 16. We look like so. we're super babies. And so for us, like going out into the field, somebody could ask me, you know, how many years have you been doing this? Oh, I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, they'll be like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm 30 years old. They're like, you just got to be kidding, right? Well, and technically, I'm, you have been doing it for 10 years. I'm right. From 16. So. Right, exactly. I've been doing sales. Since, yeah. not, not energy sales, but sales. Just sales, yeah. So, but it's like, yeah, you know, I could tell them a different age or you can put on this different persona, especially if you're over the phone, you can and you're trying to relate to a customer and That's you, my, I like, I like and they tell them, and they tell you their birthday, right? To ask you know, you get to a birthday question. Holy shit, your birthday's right around the same time as mine. Yeah, every time. Right? You can talk to them about simple things relate to the cu- relating I got two kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. My daughter's 3. I got a yeah. 6-year-old boy. They both play basketball. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you're just lying to. You're not lying. You're just no. You're guess, lying. You're stretching the truth dramatically uh, for sure to be like, successful, which is okay. Just making the customer. Yeah, it's it's comfort, com- comfort right? Yeah. So the biggest thing is comfort, and the same thing that we were talking about going door to door sales. You have to make that person feel comfortable. And what is the initial thing? You cannot go straight into a pitch. You cannot no, go instantly into talking to them about what the product is that you're offering. You have to go to them and introduce your, or you know, introduce yourself or them to something that's not connected to you. So, like the weather's great, or I like your car, or this is a pretty nice house. How, how much do, were you able to get this thing for? Um, stuff like that. How long ago did y'all move into this place? I was pretty positive. I talked to someone else not too long ago, and same thing. Like with energy sales, we were. You know, in the system that you were brought up in for energy sales with a with a they have we're not gonna use their name. So they have an iPad that basically gives you the names of customers, right? So it tells you the people that actually live at that address. So like one way that was super easy to go to a customer and talk to them that stretches the truth dramatically and probably isn't the most honest thing, but a way to get a customer to talk to you is like, Hey, are are you Mary? Mary, hey, listen, my name is Josh. I'm, I'm here with Yada Yada Energy Company in regards to the Duke Energy account. We were actually taking care of your account, and it looks like a switch had been made. Do you know about a switch being made on your account? And then she'll tell me, oh, oh yeah, we made this switch, or, or no, I don't know of a switch. I'm, and if they tell you any of that, I'd be like, can you go ahead and grab um, your Duke Energy bill for me? Uh, I just need to confirm, you know, the switch that was made on the account or s- we can figure it out together why there was a change made. Right. So I think a lot of what you're saying is, you know, in energy sales and like a lot of sales, like you have to push the envelope and be persistent. What would you give, you know, up and coming want to be salesman, like the biggest tips and uh, not dues? 
Right. So like the biggest tips would be follow what other people have done. Right. So that's mm -hmm. the reason we have this podcast in place so that people will be able to hear the stories of what other people have done. Hopefully the sale or their sales strategies and tactics um, for whenever they go out in the field. And then same thing, learn these simple things, right? You can look up five factors of impulse and it'll tell you what it is online. You can look up uh, how to kiss the customer or keep it simple, stupid, or, yeah. you know, you can learn like the simple tips and tricks that are going to be able to get you inside doors and then read. Like you have to get sales books. You have to read, you have to understand yep. how to talk to people, the art do, of do, persuasion. Do your research. Right. Obviously yeah. it started because of something so do your research on why it started and what this person did and just do your research right and the biggest thing that i think that new people don't take advantage of is if you are going into a sales position you have no experience and there is a guy that you know is the top dog right mm -hmm. talk to that person if you can go to that person and talk to them or see if you can set up a meeting with them shadow don't have an ego that you are going to be better than that guy if he's been there for 10 years and kicking ass, right? Mm -hmm. So don't have an ego. Go into it with a mindset of I'm here to learn. So I think that that's a big thing is once you come out of high school or you go to college, the biggest issue that I see with sales or with individuals is you stop learning. And I've talked about this many times with my friends is it makes no sense how you go from the age of five to some people till the age of 22. Well, not even age, I mean, age of zero. Oh, well, well, I'm saying five, like at a learning space, like being in a classroom. Okay. So like you're programmed to do that. So at five years old, up until 18 in high school or fucking all the way to 26, if you're getting your uh masters yeah. right so Mainly 22 though 22 right 22 is is bachelor so yeah. if you're going up to those eight up to those ages in school you are learning for eight hours a day every single fucking day right right so it doesn't make sense why we stop learning it is a mold that is the worst, it, I think, yeah. in society. It doesn't make sense. Like, how do you go from learning eight hours a day to then you go to a company, you sit down, you learn the task that you're going to do, you you're learn, learning, right? you learn new shit for fucking one month, right? You you just learned it for one month, and then you are sitting there doing the same task. Some people for fifty years. Yeah. What a waste of my life. What a waste of my life. So the biggest thing that I say is start learning. Like learn as fast as you can. Learn as soon as you start coming out. Learn about new opportunities. And keep learning. Keep learning. Read. There's different strategies, tips, and everything that you can learn if you're out there and you're doing it. Um, there are some great books out there, plenty that we'll recommend throughout the podcast. Um, Zig Ziglar is definitely going to be like your biggest inspiration if you're a salesperson. He's one of the best people out there. Uh, Jordan Belfort with his um, straight line model has a great a great tactic for uh, bringing in new clients. Mm -hmm. So and it works in almost every single field, right? There is a straight line system and you can use it in any any field, even energy sales, you can use it. So, um, you know, you go to the customer, you know, for him, it's like the same thing. Um, you know, you, it, it's simple, it's simple. It, so, yeah. so I think in sales, the big thing is, is learn, you know, learn okay. your craft, learn what you need to do. And for any new people, just listen, don't have any ego, and try and learn from the best.
It's going to be your best policy. If you try and learn from the best, you try and be the best individual out there, there's a chance you could become the best salesperson out there. All right. And so what do you think are the biggest things not to do when you're getting into sales? Ego. Get rid of your ego right away. You step in the door, get rid of your ego. If you have ego, you're not going to win. Well, just as an up-and-coming salesman, do you think people really have ego? Yes, instantly. You Why? have a person that was in a, soror- or a fraternity whenever he was in, in college. He was the person that people always went to. He was the, the senior. He was the guy that was about to leave. Everybody boasted his personality or boasted his mental uh, for him to feel as if he has an ego. He's going into a corporation thinking that he's better than all these other people, all these other candidates that are there. Okay. Whenever it comes down to it, he's probably not. So, and so ego is like a big thing. I think another thing is, um, one, not doing your research, understanding what you're going into. And then two, not, um, or, and then three, really not trying as much as you should. So when, when you go into a new job, I think the best thing, a new sales job is try and become like the leader right away. So in the best way to do that, you learn from the leader. And then the second best thing is you research. You figure out what are the topics that these people are talking to their customers about that are bringing in sales. How are they, um, you know, getting to know their customers better, stuff like that. So truly understand the customer. And then from there, your sales will grow dramatically. And you can become one of the top sales professionals in your company. And so for me, like, you know, growing out of, um, you know, there's plenty of opportunities inside the energy industry, and I won't get into it because it's it's kind of a hidden market, I would say, and I don't, even though I can talk about, like, the sales tactics and stuff that I use, I'm not going to release, like, the information on stuff that I do um, because I don't want it to get saturated. So, but, you know, I could bring in sales consultants mm-hmm. and People that wanted to be, you know, run their own business, basically. Like if you wanted to start your own business and you wanted a good opportunity in sales, you already have sales experience, you have energy experience, you've went business to business, you've talked to businesses before. Energy sales is probably one of the most lucrative industries out there other than finance, right? So finance is huge. Finance is the number one industry for sales. That's not lucrative, right? No, it's lucrative. Is it? Yeah, they're like... Average reps make like three eighty a year for really? finance, yeah. Mm. So like you really have like a when once you're inside that spectrum, it's uh, or medical sales is huge too. Medical sales, you know, that can be big. That's like six figure earners. Energy sales, six figure earners. If you're doing like door to door residential sales, you're probably gonna struggle struggle to hit six six figures and left unless you're with like a really good company. Um, but if you're doing commercial, you're working crazy hours, I don't remember, but so basically, you know, with, with energy sales and everything that I've been in, I think that it, you know, it has one of the highest growth opportunities, um, and, and, you know, money making inside like sales. So I think it's like a good industry for a lot of people to go into a lot of people to learn. Um, and there's, there's so many opportunities inside of it and you could truly build your own team. And that's what I was think I was talking about is like building my own team is definitely something that's possible with energy sales. Like, I mean, you could build out an entire team and still have plenty of room for everyone. Cause you can go to every single business. Every single business mm-hmm. has a utility account. Everyone's with Duke right. or with their utility provider. So, and it's a big opportunity. I mean, um, a lot of opportunities there. So.
So for you, is that where you're staying at? Yeah, I mean, I definitely plan on staying inside energy sales for the rest of time as long as I can. Right. And I'm sure that it will open up in other markets as well. It's pretty uh, closed off in a sense. Like it's only available mm -hmm. truly in about like 13 states. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's something that's can definitely be grown, grown upon. And I think that it, once it expands into other states, it's going to be hard for it to like come to Kentucky. Uh, mm. But if they expand into it, it'll be great. You know, we live in Ohio, so... Kentucky and Ohio is kind of the territories that I'd like to have, and I would kill if we went to Kentucky. I'd be a millionaire in four days. So basically, if you want to be on this podcast, if you want to tell your story, if you want to come in here, tell all the uh, all the jobs that you've worked at, all the experience you have, some of your strategies, your tips on on how you sell. Like I've kind of gone gone over some of mine whenever it comes to being at the door for door to door energy sales. You're going to talk to the customer in a certain way. You're going to introduce certain things. You're going to not talk to them directly about energy sales as soon as you touch the freaking door you're gonna mm -hmm. go into other things like you're gonna talk to him about the weather yada yada i think the biggest thing is make the customer comfortable have them trust you right off the bat be a professional in the industry learn your stuff whenever you come in the industry for energy you're gonna want to learn so much there's gonna be so much information that you learn that you're gonna want to freaking gab every single part of it to the customer and you can't do that um, just use your knowledge where it's necessary, I think is a big thing. And, uh, don't over explain, don't over tell like all, all the stuff that you know. And then if, if you have a, if you want to be on this podcast, you want to tell about the opportunities that are available inside your company, all the sales experience that you've had, all the, um, success, success and achievements that you've accomplished. We are open to having any type of sales professional on here. I've been in retail sales, worked at men's warehouse for multiple years, um, was successful in, in their type of sales as well. So, you know, there is a lot of opportunities inside sales. Men's warehouse, of course, wasn't making a lot of money in comparison to energy, but there's a lot of opportunity in sales everywhere. And so we would uh, love to have anybody on from, from anywhere. Uh, we already have a few interviews lined up with a few logistics firms, uh, some solar power companies, stuff like that. And they'll be on here in the future. Uh, but it would be great to have some people that are really professionals in their craft when it comes to sales to talk about uh, kind of like the tips and tricks that they use uh, when they go out there. The five factors of impulse are the main things that I use out there every single day. Every customer I come across, I'm going through it. I'm overcoming objections by using those uh, by using those factors, and then I'm also just using like simple speaking skills, talking to a customer, learn how to talk to people, right. um, yeah. and that's going to be the the best way to make you successful in the industry. But uh, thank you very much for coming on here, talking with me, uh, giving me a few questions to go over, and uh, hopefully we can have quite a few people on here that are going to uh, make this podcast thing a little bit more successful. So For sure. I really enjoyed it, and looking forward to next time. True that. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you next week.